This is the Hugo Award-winning SF Signal Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Patrick Hester. You can find me online at ATFMB. That's where I am. Go check out my stuff. And tonight, we're going to talk spoilery stuff. We're going to talk about The Expanse from James S.A. Corey. We're going to talk about the books. We're going to talk about the TV show. We're going to talk about the audiobooks. Uh, we may even talk about the role-playing game if Django knows anything about it. We might talk about, I don't know if they're going to do comic books. I know Sarah loves that. So we're just going to talk all about this Expanse thing and what it's doing and how we're liking it and what we're not liking and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, before we get into that, though, I need to introduce some people. So I did roll for initiative. Stina, say hello. Hello. Tell people who you are and what you do. <laughs> My name is Stina Light. I am an author. I have a book out called Cold Iron. <clears throat> My website is cslight.com, and I am really easy to find on Twitter. My name is spelled S-T-I-N-A-L-E-I-C-H-T. I'm really find it easy to find on Twitter. And, and what is it? What is the workshop that you do at the at the? Is it ArmadilloCon? Oh, I I don't do that anymore. I know, but what what was it that you did? Oh, I I ran the ArmadilloCon Writers Workshop. For seven years. Was that, what was that like? I'm just curious. I, I really enjoyed it. It was, I found it, it was just, it was really interesting. I, we used the Milford method quite a bit. I tried very hard to, to, uh, the whole thing started because, <laughs> for me because I couldn't attend Clarion. Okay. Um, I didn't have the money. I, I couldn't take the time from it's, work. I just was not in a position to do that. So It's a pricey this, thing. It is very pricey, and it's a very lengthy workshop. So what I decided to do is I decided to volunteer and work with uh, Armadillicon in develop. And it, the workshop was already there. But I, I decided to, like, work on it and make it even better as, as the best thing I could possibly make. Because it's just a one-day workshop, and I wanted to make it uh, to be available for people who couldn't go to Clarion. So it's no. not it's not – it's not comparable in so many ways because it's not six weeks long sure. and, and all that other stuff. But I tried to make it the very best that I possibly could to pack as much goodness in there for everybody, you know, because you, it's just you need to be able to have opportunities for sure. everyone at all levels. Sure. I think that's very important. Otherwise, it's you only get voices from one particular sector. And, and I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but it's it's on my mind. I, I just – Got a little deeper in with Pike Speaks Writers, and uh, I'm going to be doing some stuff with the the Writers Conference there. And so I was curious about your – and I know that you've told some fabulous stories in the past on the podcast about your experiences there. So I was just curious. Yeah, it's in, it's run by Marshall Maresca now. I, I trained him up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's still a great little workshop, and awesome. I highly recommend it. It's 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 very cheap. It's the one day, and then again, it's I think it's a very good opportunity. So now, are you going to go and stand in the back and just stare at him? <laughs> uh, no, actually, he has he he keeps wrangling me in to teach. So <laughs> yeah, okay. So I just I don't have to do the hard stuff. Okay, and Cold Iron is out, and people are buying it and loving it? Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And we haven't talked to you for a while, so thanks for coming back on. Well, thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate it. No problem. Uh, next up, I'm going to say hello to Django. Hi. Hi, Django. I'm Django Wexler. I am on the internet at uh, Django, D-J-A-N-G-O, Wexler.com, or at Django Wexler on Twitter or on Facebook or where have you. Uh, I'm a fantasy author. I write 
military fantasy starting with the thousand names and middle grade fantasy starting with the forbidden library very cool and how 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 many years ago now did the cgi version of captain harlock come out Jesus, I don't have, I have no idea. I I've, didn't actually I, watch the CGI version. I've of finally Harlock. I've gotten like halfway through it and it's it's very difficult. Is it bad? I think it is. Cuz I mean the old ha- Captain Harlock is in retrospect quite bad, but it has that sort of 70s charm hmm. that that lets you overlook it. Yeah, I don't think it for, has the 70s charm. Go go for Legend of Galactic Heroes for my money. That's oh, like yeah. 200 episodes of epic sci-fi goodness. Well, I will say this: uh, the CGI Captain Harlock is gorgeous. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it's it's I know. very it's, it's just very a, Final Fantasy. That alone doesn't make it up. No, no, it doesn't. Do you see the live action one? They did a live action one. I have not. No, didn't they also do a Battleship it's Yamato? Terrible. Yes. Was that also terrible? Yes. Does anybody else on the podcast know what the hell we're talking about? Probably not. Okay. No. These are things uh, that I'm just I grew nodding up with. politely and smiling. <laughs> These are things that I grew up with, and I think Django grew up with them too. Just. Catching them here and there on TV. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where you look back at the TV of your youth and you're like, that was really terrible, wasn't it? Jeez, <laughs> what was I thinking? I guess uh, it was the best there was. Yeah, it was. It was awesome at the time. Uh, next up, let's say hello to another person who hasn't been on in a while, Scott. Hi, I'm Scott Cup. Uh, I live in San Antonio. I've been a science fiction fan uh, going to conventions and stuff for 43 years. I've been a writer for, I guess, 26 years now. I do movie and book reviews each week at the Candy Skull blog for SanfordAllen.com. I've done 174 books and 151 different movies so far on those. And uh, I've got new stories coming out this year. Uh, I have a story in the next issue of Weird Book. And last year I had stories in Story Emporium. And Tales of the Otherverse. Wow, very cool. And how many how many movie reviews? I've done 174. Have you ever looked at my Friday flicks? Don't think so. They are not comprehensive. No. <laughs> I do this as part of a, uh, there's a forgotten film series on Tuesdays and a forgotten book series on Fridays. Though mine usually goes up on Thursday. I usually try to find like things that are on Netflix that that look really really cool, but I know are going to be terrible. I, I waffle back and forth. Uh, my book this week, uh, for some reason, I decided to pick up the Wonderful Flight to the Mushroom Planet, <laughs> which I had never read. And you know, I'm going, why didn't I see this when I was a kid? And it's because <laughs> I lived in small towns. <laughs> and um, I said, okay, you know, whatever floats your boat. And my movie this week was um, Blow Dry, which is uh, one of my favorite Alan Rickman films. Oh, I just mm. I just watched uh, CBGB. That's kind of fun, too. Yeah, that was a good movie. I like that. I liked it especially when the Ramones showed up. Yes. <laughs> why, the, uh, why the bleep did you stop playing? Uh, Joey fell off the <laughs> stage. <laughs> and I like Stan Akatic in there as, uh, was it Jinya Ravan? Yeah. That was a different one for her. Absolutely. Well, I've done uh, recently Into the Woods, Seventh Son, Gravity, which actually was good. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which was good. So I, I do all kinds of different stuff on mine. So there. And I actually, uh-huh. I do occasionally like things, unlike Derek. Um, <laughs> Derek never likes anything. No, Derek never likes anything. Next up, say hello, Sarah. Hello. 
How you doing? <laughs> I'm all right. So all right. when are you shipping the cookbook? <laughs> God, never. I'm never making a cookbook. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> So if so. you if you keep up with Sarah on Facebook, you know that people are pressuring her pressuring her to make a cookbook. <laughs> She's always posting these recipes she that is. sound super delicious yes. <laughs> all the time. I like to cook. I love it. It's great. I don't You you don't often see people posting that they like to make their own baby food. I do. <laughs> it's good. I have a degree in nutrition science. It kind of comes with the territory. You mm. have to like to cook to have that degree. Yeah, you would. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm Sarah. I review out of bookroomblues.net. I bother people on Twitter as bookroomblues. And I run the column Special Needs and Strange Worlds on SF Signal. Which has just recently come back? Yes, it's just getting a reboot this month. It's been fun. Yeah, I'm so far it's okay. I don't like Zachary Quinto in it. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to I was going to say, do you like your new gritty backstory that they gave you in the reboot? <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'm, I'm glad that it's, it's back, and I'm, I'm glad that you, you know, because it's, it's, it's an important resource for folks, and, and I'm just happy that you were able to get some people to, to come back and start writing again. Yeah, I have, like, the whole month of February open, so we might not have anything until March. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. And you like to read. I like to read a lot, yes. Yes, I do. And I take full responsibility for <laughs> you getting into the expanse. Yeah, it is your fault. It is. Yes, and it's a freaking audiobook. They kill me. I read book three and book four, and I'm back on the audiobooks again, and it's like coming home. It's the best <laughs> thing ever. I just, I don't even want to leave work. I just want to sit there all day and listen to it. Jefferson, what? yeah. But didn't didn't they change narrators or something? One, one book, one book. Yeah, I think yes. it was. I think wasn't it book four it that was either, they changed? It was either three or four. Yeah, it was one of them that I read. Whenever they change narrators, it's always tricky. Like even if the new narrator is really good, it always sounds terrible. And no, the new narrator screwed a lot of stuff up. And so I'm 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 totally on board with starting a petition to get them to get Jefferson Mays to record that damn book. Yeah, yeah he needs to sign me up. <laughs> Because, I mean, they did that with Dresden, right? There was a book that yeah. uh, Spike didn't do, and he went back and did it. I think they did it or are going to do it with Game of Thrones also, because, um, what's his name, who does... Yeah, the, 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 original, Game, of the original Game of Thrones one with Mike Tyson, that did not work for me. <laughs> no, it was... Um, uh, now I'm blanking on the guy's name, but he got sick, so they had someone else do it. And the the guy they got to do it, John Lee, is actually a great narrator, and I love a bunch of his books. But it was so different from the previous guy that it just sounded completely weird. Yeah. That can be rough. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Sarah, thanks for coming on. I know that I have gotten you hooked on both audiobooks and The Expanse. I'm not going to apologize for either one. <laughs> I, it's It's been wonderful. Good. Yes. Next up, and uh, certainly not last, but maybe least, is Derek. <laughs> Hi, Patrick. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. I'm uh, Derek Austin Johnson. I'm a science fiction writer and critic. You can find me on Twitter at DAJ42. 
uh, website is derekaustinjohnson.weebly.com. And every now and then you can find me talking smack about recent <laughs> movies here at SF Signal. And what's funny is if, you, if you're like me and, and you have unfettered access to John DiNardo and you can bother him at any time you want and you call him up late at night, um, <laughs> he's like, oh, Derek's, Derek's putting something in. Oh, he's still editing it. Oh, he's still editing it. He gets so excited. <laughs> it's funny. It's hilarious. It really watching is. you edit in real time. That's a little <laughs> tough. He can't wait. He's like, oh, I can't wait to see what. It, you know, so he's my lurker on my yes, webcam. Okay, just, well, that's good to know. He's so. such a fan of of everything, right? So it's just he gets so excited. He can't wait to see what you're going. I'm curious. Did did anybody see? This is off topic, but it's kind of a little on topic with with both Derek and and Scott. Did anybody see the short film that's been going around on on Facebook? It's the the man from smallville i saw that this uh this morning that's pretty good i was really it's it's a hell of a lot better than man of steel yeah <laughs> which isn't saying much unfortunately yeah but well, yeah but geico commercials are better than man of steel <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh, that's yeah. bad no I, I was really impressed with that yeah it's all it's all hand-drawn yeah. And it's it's a hand-drawn animation thing, and, and they've got the Foo Fighters going in there. And it looks like they got permission, you know, to use the Foo Fighters song and everything. It's it's just a great little short film. Yeah. Telling the, kind of the story of, of, of Superman and, and, you know, why he does what he does and mm-hmm. and who the character is. And I thought it was much, much better than Man of Steel. Oh, absolutely. And it's only, what, four minutes long? Four or five, something like that. But yeah, I mean, it probably it, cost less than two hundred million dollars too, <laughs> which is also a plus. Just a little, just a little, just a tad. Yeah. You, we don't. We, I mean, we we don't know what the Foo Fighters charged for the song. It's good. Maybe they charged one hundred ninety nine million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we wanted to talk about the Expanse. I'm going to tell listeners right now that this is going to be a spoilery episode. So spoilers, sweetie. We're going to talk about the books because we figure the books are all fair game because they've all been out there for a while now. So we're definitely going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the TV show that is based on the novels because we're, we're kind of digging that as well. And uh, anything that falls in between. So I don't know about anyone else. I I kept hearing, and I remember, wasn't I think Leviathan Wakes was nominated for a Hugo. Yes, it was. And I think yes. that's when it came on my radar. And I immediately picked up the paperback. But I, I didn't – I, like, cracked it open and I tried to read it a little bit and it didn't really get me and didn't really hook me and I put it down. And then people kept talking about it and how great it was. And so I picked it up again and I had the same kind of experience. I didn't really get into it. And, and then I got the ebook and I thought maybe I'll read it on my Kindle. And then I didn't read it on the Kindle. And it wasn't until I got that audiobook. And Jefferson Mays brought those characters to life for me, really, that I got super into it and just fell in love. And then I consumed every single one of them as fast as I had an audible credit to do so. Those audiobooks are awfully good. They are. And there is the one that isn't him. And I think what killed it for me was the other person who narrated it basically gave Christian Avasarla a Southern Bell accent. <laughs> Oh, that sounds right. Silly. Yeah. No, just no. 
Although, are we okay with the way that she can't swear in the TV show? It bothers me. I know. That's very interesting. Like yeah, the, it, her swearing in Blue really Streak really annoys me. It's just such a part of her character that's missing. They have pretty much decided that they can say shit and bullshit, right? And, okay. and so they, they've got that in there. But, yeah, she does not drop any F-bombs. No, and, and that was, you know. It's part of her. It absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's interesting. Go ahead. I feel like in the show we've got her like the part the side of her personality that's sort of like scheming and double crossing we've got, but we don't have the like we don't have the nasty lady. Yeah, There's, she's not yeah. as abrasive. Like the the, the yeah. great thing in the books is that she is just so she doesn't you know, give a damn. Yeah, she's all <laughs> about just like what I love about her and the and horse you yeah. rode in on. It's great. Yeah. Um, and that you don't we haven't gotten that in the show yet. It's one of my few disappointments in the show. Understood. Well, I guess it's something to look forward to then. It, it, it would be nice. So, who who's who has read the books? Tina, have you read any of the books? No, I, I, I haven't read. Just raised my hand. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I have not read any of the books. Um, I I am I'm dyslexic, so I read slow. Okay. Um, so I gave it to my husband to mm-hmm. read. And he read it and loved it, and I give it to many, many people, and they all loved it. It's on my audiobooks list. Okay. Next, after after I finally get through Moby Dick. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of in, in like a whale. year. <laughs> like, yeah, geez. I was gonna say that that's a heavy book. That's a heavy read. Well, you know, I'm yeah. That's off topic, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm writing I'm writing books partially set on the water in tall ships. Oh. So I kind of am obligated to have read, <laughs> I should think. I, I, anyway. would, I would think you could just watch um, Pirates of the Caribbean on an endless loop and be fine. Yeah, n- not me. <laughs> so anyway. Stina yeah. has not read the books. Django. I have read all of the books. Have you read the uh, little extra ones in the middle? The little no, little I guess I haven't. I haven't read those either, so. Um, I, I was first introduced to them because I had followed Daniel Abraham, who is half of, of James Corey, if people don't re- wow. listen, don't gonna know that. Wow, you're just going to throw that out there. Wow. I, assu- I assume wow. that all the panelists are, no, but um, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank are James S.A. Corey. Correct. Uh, and Daniel Abraham also writes other books. And um, Ty Frank writes he, other things, too. Uh, yeah, Does he? Yes, he does. Oh, okay. I actually didn't know that, but mm-hmm. um, I had followed... Daniel's um, Long Price series and his Dagger in the Coin series and even his Urban Fantasy series. And so when this came out, I was like, I'm going to go grab that. And then I, I think it's... Is it, isn't it... So the Epic Fantasy is under da- Daniel's name. Yeah. Isn't the Urban Fantasy under another name? MLN Hanover. Thank you. I knew that. Yeah. I, they, it doesn't seem like they've come out with any new ones of that for a while, so I don't I, doubt it. And and actually, the 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 next James S. A. Corey book has been pushed back a year. Yeah. Oh, has it really? Yep. Wow, that's shocking. Yeah, they had to they had to push it back. So. Well, I imagine the TV show takes up a lot of their time. I would, yeah, because they're yeah. they're actually really involved in it, which I think is cool. You know, they're they're in the writers' room. As long as they don't torn in, turn into George. Right. No, but I, I don't think he has that much input. I, I mean, I don't think he's there every day with the writers. No. And, and, and they have spent a lot of time with the writers and, and the crew, you know, making that show. So I, I, I'm, I'm very jazzed by that, that they are. But so, but so anyway, I had finished all the books 
uh, before the show came out, so I was super excited to go into this show. Um, and I think my excitement has been largely realized. Uh, yeah. Um, I have some, some quibbles, but okay. overall I'm really happy. We'll get to that. Derek, have you read the books? I read the first one in 2011, I guess that was then. Uh, and it was actually based on a uh, uh, based on a recommendation I'd heard at ArmadilloCon. Um, the only thing that has kept me from uh, reading the rest of them has simply been time. Um, you know, with so many other things that I have to that I have to deal with in a given day or a given uh, week, it's awfully hard for me to keep up with a series in the first place. Yeah, I'm just um, going to throw it out there that Sarah is laughing at you. <laughs> I, I have no doubt, uh, as as are most people, unfortunately. Um, no, but I mean, I, I really dug the uh, first book, and I actually have the rest of them. Good. I'm just trying to find the time to uh, to to get to them and um yeah it was it, what i really sort of dug about that was that it's a basically a space opera set immediately in earth orbit mm-hmm. which um it's not i don't think it's rare anymore but it was actually sort of refreshing um because you're you're basically you know what's what's the um statement uh Greg Benford uses about, you know, hard science fiction, you know, you're, you're playing tennis with the net up or something like that. So that's been really refreshing. It's been good to see the, uh, the television series, you know, sort of incorporate a lot of the vision, although it feels like to sort of sell it, they're, they're sort of putting all of the, um, the mystery film noir sort of stuff right at the forefront, which is a little jarring. You know, every you know on television, everybody's either a cop or a, or a lawyer. So, sure. Yeah, we, as of episodes four and five, we got some pretty satisfying space exploding stuff, which is kind of what I was. <laughs> and you even you even got some of that in the first couple of episodes. So I was, you know, I was still pretty happy with it. Very cool, Scott. How about you? I have all five of the books. I've read the first one, and like Derek, I, I'm doing a a book a week on a, on my reviews and stuff. So squeezing a five or 600 page book into my weekly time frame is always very tough. Sure. And since I don't have a job commute anymore, I don't get to do audiobooks. Uh. Uh, you know, so that part is gone, but, uh, I've really enjoyed what I've seen on it. I do have all five of the books and I fully plan to read them. Well, and it's funny because I, I mentioned earlier that the Pikes Peaks writers uh, asked me to get a little bit more involved with their stuff. And I, and I actually thought about it. I'm like, huh, an hour drive down to Colorado Springs gives me an hour to listen to an audiobook. <laughs> and then an hour back. That's two hours. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, for 20 years, I traveled as part of my work. And I was on the road. Again? I, I did 25,000 miles every year in a company car. And so I always had audiobooks going. Yeah. And I had friends who were constantly sending me things saying, you need to hear this, you need to hear this. And it was a very wonderful time. And then when I quit doing that travel, it's like, man, I, you know, I'm not staying in motels anymore, so I don't have that evening time either. Well, I have to tell I, you as well, a, a friend who gives you a book is a damn fine friend. That's right. Because those are the best recommendations. You see well, that. You say that until the books overflow and 
collapse and crush you. That's in serious <laughs> danger of happening in mine. It was in mine as well, and um, I've been. What is that less true for audiobooks? I've been donating a lot of them, so I'm hoping that they get out there to, into the hands of other people who will read them and enjoy them as much as I did. So, I see. In 2007, I sold 19,000 books out of my house. Oh my god! Holy and smokes! I still have probably 10,000 left. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And it's uh, I buy a lot more than I get a chance that's, to read. That's 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 like approaching Fred Kish levels. <laughs> uh, Fred's a piker. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, how far have you gotten in the books? Uh, I I think I'm about halfway through the fifth book right now. Okay. What is it? Nemesis Games. Nemesis, yep. Nemesis, yeah. Nemesis Games. 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 Uh, there we go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have okay. the letters right. <laughs> But yeah, I, I listened to the first two in this one, and then I read, I think I read three and four. Yeah. Yep. So that's where I'm at. And and I did see something about you were you were, you wanted to see a a, a buddy. A <laughs> yes, buddy book. I want I want Avasalara, however you say your name, and Amos to get together. And I just want to read a whole book of them capering through the universe. That's all I want to read about. I would read that. <laughs> That's it. So if, if the authors listen to this, they need to do that. That needs to be my Christmas present. That's it. Just write one. Thank you. <laughs> that is hilarious. Because they, they, they would be fun together. They would. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There, there is, there is that moment in the books where they are in the same room. Well, they hang out a little bit in book five, I think. Yeah. I haven't quite got there yet. Okay. So they're they're that that they've happen. talked to each other on the video screen so far, and everyone's on the way to the moon. That's <laughs> that's where I'm at. Okay. Very <laughs> cool. So, uh, for the benefit of the listeners, you know, it started with Leviathan Wakes, and then let's see. Cibola burns, or are you trying to go in actual order? Yeah, what were the order of the books? Leviathan Wakes, War is Caliban's War, Abaddon. A- it's actually Abaddon's Gate. Yes. I've always pronounced it Abaddon, but Abaddon's Gate. Um, well, I've always then pronounced Cibola it. Burn. Then, then Cibola Burn and Nemesis Games. Okay, I've always pronounced it Django, but that's just me. Well, so thank you. You're welcome. And then I think the next one is Babylon's Ashes. Yeah, and that's the one that's got pushed back. Ugh. So that's, yeah. that's very sad. Now I'm sad. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I understand. And when I when I, I I put them on the spot on Twitter and I said, "What the hell am I supposed to do?" They said, "Our our friend Sam Sykes says you should buy his book." <laughs> Sam Sykes always says that about everything. Though. Yes, I know. <laughs> everything that anyone ever does. So I thought that was kind of amusing. So in the in the first book, we meet the crew of what's going to become the Rosanante. And they are traveling on an ice hauler named the Canterbury. Remember the Cant. And all kinds of shit happens. Love it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great description. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. What do, we, what do we think about the TV shows so far? I mean, it, it, is it adapting the books? Because they're not sticking with just Leviathan Wakes. That's why Avasarla is in there. Yeah. And that's she, why she's, you know, there's other stuff happening. I was actually hoping that since she was in it, we might also get Bobby Draper. Yeah. They've said we'll get Bobby Draper in the second season. And, and the question I've always wanted to ask Daniel and Ty is she named after the character from Mad Men? 
Because his his son is Bobby, and he's Draper, Don Draper. There's a bunch of weird references. Mm-hmm. They go to Club yeah. Tech Noir in episode five. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I caught that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they're not sticking to the Leviathan Wakes, which is kind of funny because um, Andrew Liptak over on the Barnes & Noble sci-fi blog, he's been kind of doing a, a, a step-by-step episodic recap because he got a lot of access. He got to go and, and be on the set and stuff. And, um, you know, he keeps talking about where you are in the first book, what page you're on in the first book. Yeah. And he kind of had to throw that out last night because they went completely off book. But yes. it's just interesting to me that they're they're not actually following Leviathan Wakes. They're taking different parts of the books and the universe and kind of putting them all together to make a what I think is a a a better, more diverse, more uh, more concise. I don't know. It's just it just feels fuller, right? And yeah. in a lot of ways, I think that they're kind of expanding on the stronger parts of the books and kind of throwing away some of the extras that didn't necessarily need to be there. That's interesting. So, I I mean, I don't know. I I feel like they're kind of, I I enjoyed the whole book, but you know, every book has a little bit of pork you can get rid of. And, and I think that's kind of what they're doing in the shows. But anyway, there are times when I feel like they're doing that. There are times when I feel like the show adds stuff unnecessarily. Yeah. Like the, the, the whole second episode of the show was sort of low point so far for me because it was like, like they fix the radio antenna and get rescued. And then Miller finds out that Julie was on the scapulae and like, that's it. That's the whole, that's all that happens in that episode. And I was just kind of like, come on, <laughs> okay. guys. Okay. Move so, it along. So I, well, I, go ahead. I mean, I, I personally feel that the two, two forms are, they're very different storytelling yes. mediums. Yeah. Yes, and are. you cannot do exactly the same thing in a novel that you can do in a television show and vice versa. It's, it's, they're just very different storytelling mediums. And the audience can handle certain things in a novel that they cannot handle on screen mm. and, and the same vice versa. So it doesn't surprise me in the slightest that the same author's being so involved in the show are actually making changes and tweaking things. It, it, that just doesn't surprise me. I, yeah. It's an, it's a necessary yeah. thing. I think it is too. And Stina, I have a, I have a very specific question for you since you haven't read the books. Um, did, did Shed's untimely demise shock you? Okay. I've only seen, I started to watch this watch again. I've only seen the episodes once and I really, and kind of confused. Okay, <laughs> so the, which character you're talking about? The the doctor, the medical guy. Oh yeah. Um, was I disappointed by that? Or, or shocked? Or did it? Surprise I was shocked. You? I was shocked. I thought that character was going to stick around. Right. Because, yeah. Because when you read the first book, when you read the first book, and it's like they're all on what is it? The knight is the is the little shuttlecraft. And hmm. and they're all on there, and then the cant is destroyed. You're going, okay, this is the crew. So this is these are going to be the characters that I'm going to have to you know love for the next however many books. Right. And that's then, how I felt. Right. And then Shed's sitting there, and he's like, God, blah. And you're going, yeah, he what? kind of did a wash. What? Yeah, yeah he yeah. did a wash. <laughs> yes, yes. You, you, you know the you know the uh, the question that was asked of. Of uh of Malcolm Reynolds, they they asked him uh, on a panel. They said, "How do reavers clean their spears?" 
Yeah, they put it in the wash. They run them through the wash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. So, but, but also spoilers. <laughs> but I'm. It's just. It's just. I, I was curious from your point of view. You know how that. How that hit you. You know. It's. It's like. It's like when you're sitting in the room with people and you're watching the first season of Game of Thrones and you've read the book and they haven't and you know what's coming and you're. You kind of want to say, yeah, don't get attached to Ned Stark. Well, <laughs> can, can I ask a broader question, which is for those of you who haven't read the books, have you been have you found the show confusing? Because like we seem to have a, you know, and people in my house, we have a kind of difference of opinion about split based on people who've read the books already and people who are coming to it fresh. Well, that, um, that, that's that's interesting. And there's 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 two ways to to I'm first off, Stina. So okay. well, and, how do you. And, and then, Especially the like Miller on Sarah stuff is yes, kind of and, confusing. And, and the second person I'm going to go to is Sarah because I know her husband, I don't think has read the books either, but was watching the show as well. So, Stina, why don't you go first? Okay, well, it, it is and it isn't. I mean, I'm really enjoying the depth of the story. So, I, my first run through on, on watching it. I felt like I was missing a great deal, but I also felt like I could go back and rewatch it and pick up more, which is what I'm doing. And so that's that's been great. I really love going back through things and finding that there's more there. So it doesn't bother me that I don't completely understand what's going on. Uh, largely, I do. I mean, enough that I don't feel lost, and I think that's important. So I don't... I, I love the show. I, I'm really enjoying it I, I i had a conversation friday night about the show and someone said to me that they summed it up they said well i was you know i watched i watched a couple of the episodes and and i just thought to myself well i'm glad that they were able to find uh, how did you put it i'm glad they were able to reuse the babylon 5 sets from the zocalo <laughs> wow that's like how he took series you know and, and i was like uh come on uh sarah I know that, that your husband has been watching it, I believe, with you. Yes, we are having very different viewing experiences. Well, tell us about it. <laughs> well, for me, I'm, I'm totally digging it, but I've like read the book three times, and I know what's going on, and I can expect it. My husband is not a reader. He doesn't read anything, really. He's a gamer. And so the, the switching perspectives, he really struggles with. He gets lost in what storyline is happening, and... He, he, I think, is frustrated by the two ones happening on Sirius Station and the other ones happening on a spaceship and Mars is somehow involved. And he just gets totally confused with it. Is he, is so, he, is, when you say a gamer, are you talking like console video games? Yeah. Okay. So he's, yeah. used, to, he's used to a linear narrative with, with you're a single character going through the. Yeah. And, and to be fair, he struggled with Game of Thrones too. At okay. first, because of just the the numerous storylines revving up, and that's There's something a lot to keep track of. Well, so, yeah, and, and, and as a reader, I think we kind of get used to it because a lot of books follow that path. So for us, it's easier to just slip into it. For him, he's just lost. I honestly think if I didn't pressure him into watching it with me, he wouldn't. Oh, he he yeah. thinks it's good, but he doesn't know what the hell's going on. No, and yeah. why he should care. So can, can I also say it, it probably doesn't help that everyone has like insane accents, and it's hard to 
Yeah, it's uh, the yeah. that really understand what they're saying him. sometimes. And, and, and didn't didn't Eric struggle with the? Oh, I'm sorry. Should I say his name on? Is no, okay? you can. Okay. Does, does, does um did he struggle with the the patois? Yeah, he yeah. struggles a lot with the accent, and he he's really confused about the politics. There, it's. Mm. Oh, but universe, and he doesn't understand how any of it. <laughs> oh man, I love that because to me, I, mean, I studied Northern Ireland, the Northern Irish politics, right? And so much of what's going on with this, with on the on what is it, Sirius, right? Yeah. Series, yeah. Mm-hmm. Series. Uh, what's going on with series is um, it, it reflects a lot of what happened with Ireland and like shipping out all of the resources off. Oh, yeah. I mean, all of it reflects that, and I, I'm really fascinated, and, and and it's it's very interesting to see that in another. I think his biggest struggle with the politics, though, is the fact that he can't understand what a lot of the people are saying. So I kind that's, of have to translate for him. That's actually the problem that um, Gretchen has had. You know, the, in the few times she's tried to watch it with me, is that um, everybody speaks, you know, in. in in such different accents that it, you know, it actually, she finds having the closed caption on a, a benefit. I, I and, was going to say, it might be like, yeah. the, I've, being, I've seriously considered turning that on for myself. Being yeah. the old guy, I always watch with the captions on, because, <laughs> particularly yeah. on something like Doctor Who or anything else where I know there are going to be lots of accents. It's on. Mm-hmm. That's a good <laughs> idea. The, well, the other yeah, the other thing for uh, for Gretchen is that because she's not a native uh, science fiction reader, she you know she doesn't read enough of it, so it gets very challenging for her to try to keep up with you know what you know what the politics are supposed to be, why they are you know why the characters are you know in the belt and or why they would be you know on Mars or anything like that. Well, and it's it's interesting because to me, so when you look at the politics of of the universe, so first off. Does everybody know that this was originally, I guess, a concept for a role-playing game that they were going to make? Yeah, it's oh, not just a concept. Ty yeah. ran it. Yeah, so I mean, they they built this. That's why it is so detailed and rich. Oh, Dan- nice. Daniel's character was Miller. Ah. Yeah, that's why he has the hat. That was a thing that Daniel invented for his character. Huh. So, so that's how this kind of all started. That's how they built that, and I think. Um, you know, when you put on your writer hat and you look at it, that's probably also why they were able to churn out five books in five years, because they just had all the material, right? They and and so I totally get that. But that that that's part of it is like they have all of this information, and so you have you know Earth is now unified, sort of kinda under the United Nations, right? Mm-hmm. You have Mars over here, and Mars is what are they? They're they are independent. They have their own navy. They have their own. Um, I forget if it's a. Oh, is it a senate? It's kind of like a senate or something, right? They have they have some yes. sort of thing going on. And then you have the Belters, and the Belters are now you know generations born in space. And one of the things that I was curious about how they were going to translate that is we don't have people with low bone density and you know elongated. Skeletal structures and, and all the kind of stuff that they describe in the books. I was wondering how they were going to do that, and I think they've done that really well. Yeah, well, I really love that, and mm-hmm. and I love the fact that they have actual slang terms for persons that have are, lived their entire like generations out in space and like skinny. Yeah, and, yeah, mm-hmm. I just love that. And the, the, there's a guy. I think it's in the first episode who, where they have this like ridiculously tall guy. Yes, um, and I remember. Uh, reading that they were like, well, you know, it 
if we were really being true to the books, all the belters would look like that. But there aren't enough. Exactly. Like really ridiculously tall actors to make that work. But they, they found some. And, you know, basically, I think they also went to like models just to get skinny, skinny people. Right. right. To, 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 mm-hmm. to be in the in the show as well. And so you've got a lot of that. And, and I, I, I've just been impressed with that. I, I have. I, I will say that the attention to detail, even in the uh, you know for the television series, has been really remarkable. Yes, and it's and it's Definitely. added to the um, it's added to the believability of the uh, not just the world they're creating, but the characters that they are. The stuff they've done with the gravity uh, effects that we're getting to to meet and everything, yeah, has been amazing to yes. me. Um, there's a bit in the first episode where there's a bird on Sarah's station and you can see that it's like flapping its wings much less and kind of hovering cause it's in yeah. low gravity. Uh, it's just, it's amazing. Yes. I love that scene. Yes. They, they've, they've done really well with that. They've also, not only are they pulling from the books, they're pulling from the novellas, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get a little bit more and give us more backstory on the characters than we really get in the first book or in the second book, right? It's the little things that are in between that we're kind of getting more of. Um, I'm curious, do do we like the casting, Stina? I do, yeah. yes. So far. So far? Yeah. I honestly, did anybody else think that Amos was an African-American? No. I always got that sense of him. I feel like they described him. I don't remember them describing him. I think it, for me, that cast was perfect. I actually, I, so I should say, I think in terms of like doing the show really well, all the casting has been spectacular, at least that I've seen uh, thus far. But like in terms of like whether it matches my personal expectations, I feel like the only thing that threw me a little bit is that Holden seems really young. Yes. I thought of him as kind of an older guy in the book. I books. did too. Yeah. Um, and like the, the guy they have, I don't know any of the actors' names, but he seems like he'd be comfortable in like the new Star Wars with all the kids. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> or the Shannara Chronicles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love Miller in particular. Uh, you know what? And, and he, as an actor, he's and, doing a great job. He, I think just from the other things I've seen him in, he's lost a lot of weight to be in that role. Really? Yeah. Look at him. I mean, look at him there, and then go back to Punisher and look at him. Go to Hung. He was on the HBO show Hung. Uh, it's, yeah. it's Thomas Jane, right? Thomas and, Jane, yeah. And he's been, I mean, he was a pretty buff dude because he did The Punisher. He did some other stuff. And now he looks super skinny to me, especially in his face. That's that's where I think it's the hardest to lose weight is in um, your face. Yeah. And if you look at him, he looks very thin. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he's on one of Sarah's nutritional things. <laughs> God, <laughs> it's good that they have him because he has to carry that whole series plotline himself. Yes, yeah. you know that he doesn't have much. I mean, there's he's the only big character there, and, uh, and so we spend a lot of time staring at his face. And a, a, a new episode dropped yesterday, and not everybody on the show has, has watched it yet. Following that, we've got three left. Believe it I thought or not. it was four. No, there's mm-hmm. three I thought there more. were ten. I think there's three but, more. Oh, okay. So, the only character that really kind of surprised me on the show is Fred Johnson. And it's just because, for some reason, I just pictured him being some seriously old geezer. Like, like Kane and, you know, yeah. Wizened Hand and the whole thing. And, and he's this buff dude who looks like he's, you know, 40 maybe. 
That's I, true. I, that I expected just surprised him, me. I expected him to be older as well. Yeah, in the later books, isn't he like bitching and moaning that he's getting yeah, old? Yeah, he's, he's got really aches old and pains and stuff. Yeah, I just listened to a <laughs> I can't whole see tirade of it today. <laughs> but but, yeah, that guy looks like he's like you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and in the later books, uh, the book I'm listening to right now, Holden, for example, has gray hair, and and I know Amos is described once as having a pot belly kind of. So there's stuff like that that doesn't match up, but. But I mean, it's TV. What are you gonna do? Sure, everybody's got to be young and pretty on TV. Yep, that's sad. I mean, it is. I mean, in the nineteen seventies, we had such great character actors. I won't go there. Don't even get me started, <laughs> Sheena, because I I think that today Freddie Mercury could not be a star. I think today quite a few stars during the seventies couldn't be stars. Big and. I just for me, it's it's really hard sometimes to watch television because I I lose track of which character is which because all of the actresses look exactly the same and all, mm-hmm. and all of the actors exactly the same so I actually appreciate all the accents because it helps me make sure that I know that this is what this character it sounds like <laughs> it's kind of weird at, at least in the expanse you've got crazy hairstyles to help tell people <laughs> yeah. apart like you know, people in the future have weird hair. Yes, I guess. yes, yeah. they do. They have to, obviously. Asymmetric so, hairstyles, I guess, are yes. the thing. So I, they look punk to me, which I think is awesome. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. So I, I'm curious, Scott, what what is your what's your what's your what do you like most about the show right now? One of the things I really like is the noir feeling for all the series episodes with Miller. Sure. If you look, the lighting in there is always subdued mm-hmm. and it's it's really artificial and you get more gaunt looking people all the way around and it just you know as opposed to in the spaceships they the spaceships are all well lit and everything and so i i like that particular part of it and i think uh thomas jane has been doing pretty good there as miller i think he has yeah. too yeah i i would agree uh derek what about you yeah i'll um i'll echo scott's um <clears throat> sentiments on the uh, on the noir feel with Miller. Um, the hat was a little bit jarring uh, initially. I, I thought it was uh, too much of an affectation. Uh, although it, it for some reason it grew on me and it seemed to fit. Hey, I you know the more I watched the t- uh, I, show, I like hats. So I like hats too. You know, but I, I just can't wear them. I just didn't um, know. That, I just didn't know that there was one called a pork pie. You didn't know? Uh, yes, that? there is. Yeah, that's what he wears: pork pie hat. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a um, standard of 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, I also, I, I'm really fascinated by the, uh, just by the, uh, the the whole political scene. Um, it's, I don't remember uh, Battlestar Galactica, which is, you know, one of the big SF television shows, having quite the same sort of, um, um ability to slow everything down to actually have a, a, a kind of thoroughgoing political discussion. That's actually kind of a, that, that, that hits all of my uh, happy buttons in a way. Understood. Yeah, I agree. For me, one of the things I'm really enjoying about the series is, um, again, the wordplay that goes on, uh, even simple things like remember the can't, mm-hmm. right? Because the first thing that comes to my mind is is how much can't they they can't do stuck <laughs> on that on that little barge in the middle of nowhere. They they 
they can't. You know what I mean? Yep. I do. Sarah, what about you? You know, I, I think I like the my, – my, yeah, I like the belt. I like how they're depicting Belter civilization. There's a whole hotbed of stuff happening out there. It kind of seems like the the thing that gets the whole book going really is all this crap happening on the belt. And they're, I think, really doing a good job of showing a lot of it, even if you can't understand what they're saying. It's they're doing pretty good. So yeah, it's definitely the belt. Definitely the for belt. Me. Okay. Django. I like I mean, just to be a little different than what everyone has said, because I, I agree with almost all of it. Um I like the way the technology works. Uh you know, both oh, yeah. in terms of the macro stuff, like you know, we're actually seeing in the space battles, you know, how these things work and that it looks really cool. Um, but also just the way their computers and stuff work, it seems maybe I want to say realistic, not in the sense that like real computers work that way, but in the sense that this is a way you might want a computer to work, which always like on, on in TV and mo- movies, you often see people operating a computer and you're like, you know, what person in their right mind would want a computer that works in that particular way? Like, it's incredibly awkward. It's Whereas, Unix. Like, I mean, I recognize yeah. it. Like, <laughs> the, yes, the, the interface where you fly through buildings to get to the <laughs> command that you need. Um, whereas the, these computer interfaces, you know, the way they sort of flick them around and the gestures and, and yeah. sort of very simple uh, natural language processing and so on, it seems like the kind of thing that someone might actually use in the future. And that, that's really cool to me. It's the, it's the details like that that really sort of sell everything also. It makes it yeah. feel lived in. And it makes yeah, I love, it... Absolutely. I love, Miller's little glass phone has a crack in it. I yeah. love that. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I thought that at first I was annoyed by that, but then I realized that that is a nice little touch. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, a friend of mine told me that they they dropped their their iMac, but they weren't that worried about it because they had they had the insurance or something on it, right? So it replaces the screen. But I was right. thinking about that with Miller. You know. <laughs> He wouldn't necessarily have the insurance right. on his phone. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't be able to afford it. No. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I love the question, you know, have you told anybody else about this? And <laughs> go, well, yeah, I told the entire free world. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, told nobody. Okay, you're fired. <laughs> the, uh, the the next question I have is is – it isn't going to apply to you, Stina, because you, you haven't been through the books yet. But I'm curious. Uh, we'll start with Sarah. Yes. Uh, what from the books can you not wait to see? Like, oh, what, what are you ridiculously excited to see them do? Um, You know, <laughs> I like when Avasalar is in a spaceship. That's pretty cool, <laughs> that one. But, but no, really, I think book three is where the whole series kind of – explodes and it becomes more than than just what you're seeing in the first two so i'm kind of excited to see a lot of the things that you see in book three um kind of integrated into it somehow and yeah that that seems to be like i said a few places book three seems to be where where shit gets real and so i'm excited to see that in the show very cool scott what about you i'm since I have only read the first book, I'm really waiting for them to get to the zombie stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
then then the, the whole negotiations with the big pharmaceuticals peoples about you know the, these atoms and molecules and stuff it's just I want to see some of that happen. I, I do. I do appreciate, and I, I've been dying to talk to people about it. And I, and so many of my friends haven't read the books. One of my friends just finally, you know, said, "Fine, whatever. I'll read the first freaking book if you'll just shut up about it." And read the first book. And I'm dying now to talk to her about vomit zombies <laughs> because I've been wanting to like say that, and I didn't want to spoil it for anybody. I'm like, vomit zombies, vomit zombies, vomit zombies. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out. Yes. Oh, gosh. Derek, and how you do it on PG t- TV. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Derek, what about you? Is there anything in the first book that you're just dying to see? Well, I'm going to be like Scott. You had me at Vomit Zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am oh, so there for that, man. <laughs> Well, I got to tell you, the scene towards the end of book five where Amos is fighting the giant space lizard. What? No, I'm just, mess- I'm just messing with you, Sarah. <laughs> you better be. You can't ruin this stuff for me, man. I've got like five hours of listening tomorrow. You can't do this to me. What's funny, Sarah, is when, when, I had, when I got to Nemesis Games, I started paying attention to how much time I had left. And then I would only listen for like 20 minutes and then I'd pause. <laughs> Because I just wanted it to last a little bit longer. Well, a little you know, bit longer. it's such an interesting book, too, because it's the first one where you really get into all of their yeah, heads. exactly. And and I'm really enjoying that. I think it might be my favorite one so far. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Django, what about you? Is there, any, is there anything you can't wait for? Um, I want to see the, the Martian recon marines with their powered armor. Oh I think God. will look awesome. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's TV. cool. Um, but I... I'm generally going to agree with Sarah that the uh, the third book has so many awesome things in it, and I'm just totally psyched to get there. Do you know they can't be planning to finish Leviathan Wakes by I have no idea by there's no way season because they haven't even gotten to the alien stuff yet, and we're on episode like six. I know that they have. I know they've renewed, so they've got a second season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's for sure. great. That's great. I don't know how they're doing it because you know how sci-fi that they do things weird you know they used to do the thing where they would show a couple of episodes and then they would repeat for six weeks and then show a couple episodes and then repeat i mean they did this with farscape right years and years ago they would show a few episodes and then you just get repeats and then a couple more episodes before you knew it it like three years had passed and they had one season out you know so i I don't know how they're doing this i don't know if it's actually 10 episodes is a season and then we'll get another season that's as far as far as I know. They're releasing one episode per week till the end of the season, and then there's going to be another season next year. I'm very much the Game of Thrones model. Um, but what I don't know is how the books will be split up amongst the seasons. I, I I think Sarah's right. It seems impossible that they'll finish book one, or at least get to the what happens at the end of book one. Well, by the end of this season, they're, they're, I just don't think they could unless they skip way too many details. They're they're yeah. they're teasing, they're teasing the two characters coming together. Yeah, yeah. So the, that's going to happen, and it might happen in the next episode. It might happen in the episode after that. But they're teasing it because everybody's heading to Eros, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. that's going to happen. Um, I'm curious. Uh, I've had, you know, I, I've held a grudge against the channel formerly known as Sci-Fi for quite a few years now. 
And I'm wondering. I have two, actually. Well, yes. then, Stina, has this show helped them redeem themselves a little bit? For me, absolutely. Okay. And and is that? Can I don't you elaborate on the... that? <laughs> um. What beyond? I actually watch the station now. Right, and I, I was. I, I'm right there with you. I haven't watched anything on there in a while. Yeah, I. Everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, sharks and tornadoes!" I was like, "Uh, I don't know what have anything to do with that." Um, but they, then they finally started getting some quality programming on there again. I it just previously it just seemed like a bunch of. Um, of sports, sporty I, jocks that used to make fun of nerds all the time acquired sci-fi and said, "Okay, we've got we're going to get our revenge on all the nerds. We're going to take this <laughs> channel and make it into wrestling." I think and I was like, "Oh my god, I've never been so angry in my life." I think <laughs> I, I, I completely understand what you're saying. I disagree a little bit. I, I I understand what they were trying to do. They wanted to make it profitable. <laughs> And and that mythical beast. There's there, there's there's always been difficulty making profit in science fiction. You know, just just ask a hard science fiction writer. And one of the things that they wanted to do is they wanted to make it more. Uh, I hate to say this, more more open and inviting to people who aren't into science fiction. Right? They wanted to make it more of a USA. So it, it was it it all happened when the whole uh, NBC Universal deal happened and 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 suddenly nbc was owning certain things and they and they had this successful quote-unquote channel in 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 usa network and they wanted to take that model and apply it to the sci-fi channel and they just screwed it all up they right? totally screwed it all up. and 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 they also said things like well we don't really need the sci-fi fan right which is the thing that always pisses us off it's like oh well if you don't need us we won't watch and now they've kind of slipped a couple things under the radar. They did uh, Dark Matter. They did yes. Killjoys. And they I did, loved that. And I loved Killjoys. Yeah, and they did them very oh, yes. quietly and just kind of released them out there. I, and everybody loved them, right? Yeah. I think, I mean, the when I saw Daniel talk about Expanse, one of the first things he said was, it's going to be Sci-Fi Channel, but don't worry. Right. They've changed management since the Sharknado days. Correct. Um, and, you know, that... that Kept me hopeful. Well, you'd almost have show. to, wouldn't you? Yeah. But <sighs> the the interesting thing to me is that they're going for a wide variety of release formats. So, like, if like, do you guys? How are you guys watching it? Like, is anyone watching on actual TV? I'm watching by Amazon. I, I'm watching on DVR, so I've got it DVR'd. And to be honest with you, I watched the first episode online on YouTube on the official Sci-Fi Channel uh, on YouTube. Right on their their little account, mm -hmm. and I put it up on Facebook and said, "Holy crap, people, go watch this!" And people clicked it, and YouTube took it down for a copyright violation what? of oh. the Sci-Fi uh, Channel and Lionsgate Television uh, because oh, because of the stupid algorithms that they have to use. Right? Um, it's like when when they stream the, they live stream the Hugos on on UStream, and as soon as we start showing clips of HBO, they go, "No, no, no, copyright violation!" and they take it all down because they're stupid. Yeah. Um, so and then I saw other people were watching it on SciFi.com and stuff, and then they released like the first two or three episodes on demand, mm -hmm. and I immediately yep. watched those, and that was a mistake because then I had to wait four freaking weeks to get another yep. episode. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched it on on demand myself, and I yeah, I've watched it a uh, combination of uh, Amazon and uh, Hulu. 
which uh, which streams them also. Okay. I watched the first two episodes live on Sci-Fi Channel, and then DVR'd all the rest, and then watched them off of that. What, what about you, Sarah? I've been doing Amazon. Amazon? Okay. But so, I mean, I think it's becoming increasingly clear that, like, the live regular cable TV broadcast of something is only a, you know, a, a it, fraction of its potential audience. It definitely doesn't work for people like me who have small children. Try watching a television show at the four-year-old and a five-month-old. It doesn't freaking work. <laughs> I can't so. even imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we yeah. DVR everything that we're – we'll watch it live if we can, but we generally DVR things. I, I do the same thing. I, I everything is on my DVR. I don't even have cable here. We just have internet. We don't either. And I, I download, you know, Amazon or whatever, whatever way there is to get it. Very cool. Well, um, Sarah, you said you had a question for Stina. Yes, I, uh, I've been kind of trolling Twitter recently, and I saw a bunch of people kind of poo-pooing how women are handled in this show, and. So I'm wondering what your insight into the the role of women. Do you like how women are being portrayed or not? Hmm. Um, oh, God. <laughs> well, I, just on the first run through, I think I felt pretty comfortable. But I have to say I've internalized a lot of misogyny. And I've been I have come to understand that I've done that. <laughs> so much that it really, really affects my point of, point of view a lot of times, um, and and but I haven't I haven't felt like it's I love Naomi I think she's awesome um, I I love the fact that she's mechanical and she like gets into the mechanics of things and it, and she's I, I like that well, and about I, her. I, I, was, I love I love I will um, spoil something for you Stina she is by far the smartest freaking person. On that crew. Awesome! No, I adore her. I think she's fabulous. I love the actress who's playing her. She's just... I just... I love that that character so much. I just... I, I dig her. And I also love... Oh, God. What's the name of the woman that... It, she's Abba, Abba like, Sarla. I love her. Oh, I, my God. I love her. She's an older woman. And she yes. has all this power. Oh, and, and, and I it's, adore it's, that. It's so much deeper than you even know, yeah. Stina. My God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> forward to that i love it i just love it i love it in a way i think they helped i mean because i'm trying i'm thinking back to leviathan wakes and there aren't that many female characters so bringing abasarla forward from the second book into the the beginning of the show i I think that was super smart it really was because because if you do look at leviathan wakes as as a standalone novel uh you basically have naomi naomi and julie mao right Right, and Julie Mao's hardly yeah. in it, and, and she's hardly and in Julie, it. Yeah, and Julie Mao is she's the princess in the tower, Correct. essentially. Yeah. She just is, and that I find annoying at, at, at times. I do. It's, it's the standard trope. That at least but she, gets and, and she's not subverted, and she's really not. Yeah, I, I mean, she's not. But I have patience with people playing with tropes, as you. <laughs> I like to play with them myself. So, yes. So there you yeah. are. We'll get That's, there, but she's definitely not like a major presence in the story because no. most of the time she's not in the story. Correct. Yeah. She's she's she she does spur, uh, she spurs Miller into action. 
Yes, but um, and it, it does annoy me when people ask him, "Oh, you're in love with her," and I'm like, "How could he possibly be in love with her? He's never actually been in her physical presence, let alone right. exchanged a text with her. How could he possibly be in love with her?" That's Did you ever see the film Laura? So stupid. <laughs> huh? Did you ever see the film Laura with Clifton no. Webb? Oh nope. man, you can see how a detective falls in love with with an image. Hmm. It's a wonderful film. It's a great yeah. film. I, I I get I get it. I I get what they're trying to do and, and, and I think they accomplish it with Miller and with Julie Mao. And and the way that all comes to a head is pretty cool. So can I ask a question? Yes. Um Oh, that wasn't the question? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh do you guys find Miller to be a sympathetic character just based on the show? I don't because like him. You don't like him? No. No, he's not. He's 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 unsympathetic, uh, at least in the way the show presents him. I didn't like him in the books either. See, I feel like in the books we had more of his point of view, so we did, but I didn't I didn't care for him. I it was one of those things where I I just I knew that I had to get through a, some Miller to get to Holden and the Rosinante crew. Oh. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of always liked Miller. <laughs> yeah, I like Miller. I'm, in the I'm weird. When 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 they come together and for the benefit of the listeners who maybe haven't read the book or, or are intending to, Leviathan Wakes goes back and forth, right? It's it's a Holden POV chapter and then a Miller POV chapter. And they just kind of go back and forth and back and forth, which they've kind of done and tried to capture a little bit in the in the show. And it isn't until the two characters come together that I actually had that moment of, uh, okay, I think I kind of get Miller now. And, and Stina, to your point, I like that, you know, there's a trope and there's a, you know, what's going to happen. And then they spin it on you and say, nope, fuck you. Oh, good. (laughs) I'm happy to know that that trope actually gets screwed. (laughs) Broken, twisted, set on fire. Yeah, because it was, it was essentially, it was like a, it was like a Kate Elliott moment with me where I'm sitting there going, What? What? No. Why are why are you no? What are you doing? Oh my god. Stop being stupid. Right. Uh, I'll I'll be happy about that. But yeah, I, I, I love the role I love the role of that older women play in the Yes. In the in the thing. So I don't I don't Well, I will tell you, if you like it in the show, you it will blow your mind in the audiobook. You you have to listen to the audiobook to fully appreciate Eva Solara. You just have to. Yes. Yeah, book two is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well cool. I mean, she's already one of my favorite female characters in in SF. And you wouldn't you wouldn't I don't know, you wouldn't think so I'm I'm the deeper I get into audiobooks, the more amazed I am at how well some of them are done and how horrified I am at some how some of the others aren't. It, but Jefferson Mays, you know, to take on those female voices and do them so well. Oh, she does them so well. Uh, That's cool. Yes. Uh, I want to go listen yeah, to them. But- he doesn't overdo it either. No. It's it's not like I'm. I feel like he's on stage in front of me. It's just perfect. It's the perfect amount of effort. He's just amazing. Yes, and when when he when he is is reading her lines and, and saying "fuck you," you know, you're just like you're just like yeah yeah exactly. 
Yeah, she has some good lines. Oh boy. Well, you know what? We're we're totally running out of time. So uh, any, I guess we need to do final thoughts. So let's go to Scott. Final thoughts. I can't wait to see the rest of the episodes because I do want to see the zombies and see how they handle the whole resolution here. And I, I hope they don't do it in the next four episodes. I hope it goes into season two because I want to see it done right. I think this is the best science fiction show we've seen since uh, Firefly or Babylon 5. Oh, and I'm very glad to see it on. Have, uh, I'm just curious, have, have you seen Mr. Garibaldi? Um, I don't guess so. No. <laughs> that was the whole thing when he disappeared. You know, he's running around going, "Pardon me, have you seen Mr. Garibaldi?" Ah. Uh, Django, final thoughts. Um, you know, I'm digging it. Uh, that there was a period where I was a little dubious about the show because, like, the first and second episodes felt a little slow to me. But I, having just watched at, through episode five, I am now fully on board and really enjoying it. Um, I agree. It's it's the best sci-fi we've had on TV in a very long time, which unfortunately is is pretty faint praise. But the show is also really good. Um, so so yeah, you know, I'm I'm anxious to see where they go. I agree that I don't want them to wrap up to try to wrap it up like all of Leviathan wakes in one season. I, you, you, you know, with with four episodes left, I just don't think they could do a good job. Right, and and I, I'm I. I swear it's three, and it could be three. I you you might know better than me because I think they I think they're counting like one and two as one because it was an extended. Uh, I think I think is what they're doing, and and I I agree with you guys. I don't want them to do a rushed last episode that feels as smushed together as the first episode. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where they're trying to mm-hmm. cram a bunch of stuff in. Uh, Stina, final thoughts. Um. Uh, I pretty much said what I had to say with the whole... No, you'll talk more! (laughs) (laughs) No, I really do... I'm very, very, very happy that to see older women playing a role in in science fiction stories um, and that this one is is so popular and that they have actual power and agency and and that's awesome. And And you, you, you you haven't seen last night's episode yet. I guess I haven't. Okay, I thought I did, but I guess I haven't. You get you get two older women actresses, <laughs> yes, <laughs> playing off each other and doing it really, really well. And I mean, it's 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 they they went out and they got talent. Oh, that, I think that's fabulous. And and to me, it's so important because too often women get equated with sex, you yeah. know, and if they yeah. are not serving that role. Uh, in a story, then they're they're deemed useless, and it's it's so very pervasive that I just read an article about Star Wars and why Ray there's no Ray figure, and it's or why there's no uh, it was Black Widow why there's no Black Widow figure, and it's because she wears clinging clothes, and the pe- the audience the people that they're selling all these figure action figures to are families, so we can't have a female in tight clothes. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I, I read, I read a whole thing about that and, and about they, someone broke down Disney's marketing department and really broke it down to their marketing department as to why there aren't 
the female characters as as action figures mm-hmm. and stuff. Exactly. And and they they tied it back to some really old models of of demographics and and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like basically it was an indictment of their marketing department and and i i completely agree with that indictment because it it just showed stupidity on a grand level but that just demonstrates how pervasive this thought is and how we need to like get out of that and how much we need to start demonstrating over and over and over again that women are people they and so they need to be people in stories Mm -hmm. not not the princess in the tower and not all the other things. I mean, we just, it's just too important. So I, that's one of the things I'm enjoying about the story. Let me wrap it back around. <laughs> is that I'm actually seeing women be, take on roles of power and, and in the story. And maybe it's because I'm so starved for it that I'm not seeing all of the problems that other people are, Sarah. Um, but um, and I haven't really had that discussion yet with anyone. But again, maybe I'll see it when I rewatch. Who knows? Sure. Uh, Derek. Um. First of all, I am really curious to see how they are going to uh, wind up the season. I've been excited about this since I started watching it, which is a rarity for me. Um, the other thing I will say is that this is actually encouraging me to to pick up the remainder of the series because i'd like to see number one i'd like to see how it compares number two i i would like to see i i would like to sort of delve into the kind of richness that um that the writers have have sort of uh gifted us well i suggest that if if people haven't already gone out and bought the books they need to go out and buy them before they change the covers to put the actors on them right <laughs> The original covers are so good. They are amazing. I yeah, love those I really, yeah, They are pretty cool. Yep. And the only way to get hardbacks of the first two were to go through the science fiction book club. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> well, I think yeah. Subterranean now has done a Leviathan Wakes, but I, I don't recall for sure. Interesting. Okay. And uh, the final, final word goes to Sarah. <laughs> so, um... I, I just really want them to write me uh, an Amos and Ava's Lara novella. <laughs> That's my only thought. Just please do that. That's all I'm asking, guys. I, I will bake you cookies. Just please <laughs> write me that novella. I need it. I need it right now. You don't, um, have, you don't have enough novellas now? <laughs> I need that one, though. <laughs> That one in specific. That's that's all I need. That will be like amazing. Well, so. I I'm I'm absolutely certain that Daniel and Ty are regular listeners to this podcast. Oh yeah, I'm so sure. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't so, surprise me. So that'll happen. That'll absolutely happen. You'll yeah, see. because my opinion matters so much. It does. I mean, let me tell you. It does. <laughs> Woo. Alrighty, well, thanks everybody for coming on. I think we better wrap this up. See ya. Thank you. Come on. Thank you, everybody. Come on. (laughs) Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. Thank Thank you, Patrick. Patrick. Thank you very much, Patrick. Thank you. Go watch The Expanse. Go read the books. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Hugo Award winning SF Signal podcast. Your host is Patrick Hester, an author, a blogger, and a functional nerd. His website is www.atfmb.com. 
which stands for All Things From My Brain. ATFMB is also his Twitter handle and where you can find him on Facebook. Our podcast is available for download every week at sfsignal.com or via iTunes. Look for the links to subscribe in the sidebar at sfsignal.com or search SF Signal in iTunes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends and have them tell their friends and their friends and so on and so on. Visit the Hugo Award-winning sfsignal.com for all of your speculative fiction needs. John D. and the SF Signal regulars offer up new content every day, from weekly mind melts featuring your favorite authors, editors, and artists from the SF and F field, to book reviews, original articles and essays, fiction deals, movie reviews, videos, links and roundup posts, and more. Click the RSS button in the sidebar of your browser to ensure you never miss a post. The SF Signal podcast is powered by the Functional Nerds. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Angry um, robot. It's like talking to a child. Magic wooey. Thinking and crap. I don't even know what hey. the horseman is. And scene, you bastard.